System errors have a large impact on medical malpractice claims, but did you know they contributed to 30% of settled claims? Well, they do, according to a study by a leading malpractice carrier. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Dr. Richard Anderson, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of The Doctors' Company. Prior to running what today is one of the largest physician-owned malpractice carriers, Dr. Anderson was a clinical professor of medicine at the University of California, San Diego, and is past chairman of the Department of Medicines at Scripps Memorial Hospital, where he served as an oncologist for 18 years. Dr. Anderson is the editor of a book, Medical Malpractice, a physician source book, and the author of numerous peer-reviewed articles and publications on everything from medical malpractice to the defense of medicine, and he joins us today from his offices in Napa, California, from the doctor's company offices. Dr. Anderson, welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Well, it's great to have you. Tell us about system errors, if you will. And at first, if you could give us a little bit of information at the doctor's company and how it fits into all this. Well, the doctor's company is a reciprocal, which means we are owned by our policyholders. There are no shareholders. And we are the largest physician-owned medical malpractice insurer in the United States, insuring uh, approximately 35,000 physicians across the country. Because we're owned by our physician policyholders, we have a 30-year standing commitment to protecting and defending the practice of good medicine and also a real visceral belief in the value of tort reform that is anchored in our 30-year experience with the micro-reforms, Medical Injury Compensation Reform Act of 1975, that uniquely has created a relatively favorable medical malpractice environment in California, which is otherwise not known as a good place to be in court. So we feel pretty strongly about these things. Well, so your study was very fascinating because you talked about, and you do draw physicians from across the country, that system errors contributed to 30% of settled claims. Now, our audience of medical professionals, a lot of them may know how this all works, but if you could just give us a little bit of information on, you know, what do you consider system errors and and why is that important when we're talking about the contribution to 30% of settled claims? I think that over the last decade or so, particularly since the publication of To Err is Human, there's been a laudatory focus on the context in which medical errors occur. In other words, in our medical legal system, when there's an adverse outcome, almost universally, the finger is pointed directly at any physician who happens to be in the neighborhood. But often, adverse events that are the result of suboptimal care, in many circumstances, that care is not directly under the control of the physician, that there are many other individuals or factors who are involved. And sometimes the physician is being held accountable for situations that he or she really cannot control. To give you perhaps one example of the broad concept of system reform, when there's a medication error, and medication errors are the largest single most frequent type of system error in our study accounting for about 32%, Traditionally, we have looked and said, well, you know, the problem is that doctors' handwriting is illegible, and how come doctors can't learn to write better, and if only they did, we would have this problem solved. But if you take a step back, 
the real issue is not doctor's handwriting, and the goal is not to turn every physician in the country into a calligrapher. The goal is for the right patient to get the right medication at the right time and to take it as directed and for as long as it's directed. That's what the real goal is. And so even if doctor's handwriting was perfect, that's not a guarantee of what the actual desired outcome is, which is the right patient gets the right medication. And so for that, we need coordination with pharmacy, we need coordination with nursing, we need coordination among the various providers, many different providers who are giving prescriptions to a single patient. We need to know what the drug interactions are, and we need to assure that the patient has access to the medicine and then actually takes the medicine as directed. So the process that leads to the desired outcome is much more complex than whether or not a doctor has good handwriting. Well, if you're just joining us or if you're just tuning in or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson with the Chicago Tribune, and we're talking with Dr. Richard Anderson, who joins us from his offices in Napa, California. He's the CEO of The Doctor's Company, which is the nation's largest physician-owned malpractice carrier. And we're talking about an interesting study that The Doctor's Company did, talking about system claims, settled claims, and about how system errors contributed to 30% of these settled claims. And Dr. Anderson, if you will, you brought up some interesting points about how the errors that are made are not just as simple as doctors' flawed handwriting or that type of thing. And you also bring up some other things relative to communication errors and associated infections. So there definitely are some things that doctors can do to improve things to potentially reduce these type of errors. Yes, I think there are many things that doctors can do, and then in this context, very important for healthcare systems, health delivery systems, to take a look at the entire flow that leads into the outcome in question. I mean, for example, if we talk about a medication error in a hospital, in order for an error to actually affect a patient requires much more than a doctor write an ambiguous prescription. It requires that a nurse not question the prescription or that a nurse administer an order for a drug in an unusual dosage, it would require that the pharmacist fill an unusual order or an aberrant order, and it would require that no one check to question the flow of how this could happen. And so from a systems point of view, we would want to look at what is the medication fulfillment process beginning with the doctor's order, but going through the nursing transcription of the order, the pharmacy's filling of the order, the nursing administration of the medication to the right patient, and the timeliness of that administration. Now, when a doctor who has a premium with uh, the doctor's company, and you have a survey like this, and if I could, if I would, communication errors, 27%, healthcare-associated infections, 18%, medical record errors. Can a physician then get something out of this survey from the doctor's company? Do you have a checklist, if you will, something that you would provide physicians to say, hey, this is where you could help yourself along the way? Is that sort of the end game here? Well, yes. I mean, I think that we're committed to this kind of work really for two reasons. I mean, we are committed to the practice, to advancing and protecting the practice of good medicine. So anything that we can do that enhances the prospects for good medicine is something that we're committed to by mission and inclination. 
the fact that it would also help reduce losses is terrific and a wonderful secondary gain of this process. So for our physicians, they will all receive or have received in detail the results of this study. And in addition, we have specialty-specific materials that deal with system flows, improved patient outcomes that are appropriate for almost all of the major specialties. And in the meantime, we constantly are monitoring our own claims data as well as national sources across the country so that we continue to understand what factors are positively affecting and what factors are negatively affecting clinical outcomes and then do everything that we can as one important part of the healthcare system to facilitate reduction in in that type of error. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up because your company has been around a long time, and so you probably have a vast database to draw on when you do these claims analysis because that's really where you will find some of the issues out there for improvement, is it not? Yes, I think that's a terrific point. We are in a unique position to provide this kind of data. The doctor's company has been in business for 30 years, and we're really the only national physician-owned medical malpractice insurer. So we have a unique database of 30 years of claims information across all sorts of clinical environments and all sorts of medical legal environments. And so as we mine this data, we are able to provide information and evidence that is readily available from essentially no other source. So it's an important service that we can provide our members and indeed an important advantage of membership in the doctor's company. Well, when you talk about the system errors, what would you tell the medical providers out there? I mean, where should they begin first in perhaps reducing some of these reasons for the settled malpractice claims? I think to some degree, it depends on what specialty that the doctor's in. But again, I think for systems analysis, it sometimes helps to work backwards. In other words, instead of lasering in on a putative error or looking in at a putative mistake and saying, who's the culprit, ask the question the other way. What would the desired outcome have been? Why didn't we achieve the desired outcome here? And what can we do to increase the likelihood that in the future this desired outcome is attainable? So sometimes it helps to work backwards from the right answer instead of focusing in on blame for the wrong answer. Are more doctors cognizant of the risk management aspect when they're practicing, or is that just something that's kind of come around across the country when we're talking about tort reform or medical errors, or is it something that there definitely needs more work to be done on? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, I think that on the one hand, every physician goes to medical school and learns from the first day that the goal of all medical training and the reason that people become doctors in the first place is to provide the best possible care for their patients. And obviously, every doctor desires the best possible outcome. There's no conceivable reason why a doctor would desire a less than optimal outcome for every patient. At the same time, we don't all practice under ideal circumstances, and the question is, how can we improve the circumstances in which we practice, and how can we improve the system of care under which we all work? And that's the focus of information like this, and it's the focus of the patient safety movement nationally. I think it's unfortunate that when the To Air is Human study was published, the headlines across the country were that 44 to 98,000 Americans are killed each year by medical malpractice. I won't get into debating the number, but I've written rather extensively on this. Those 98,000 putative Americans dying of medical malpractice never existed. 
It's a statistical extrapolation from a very small number of cases in New York State in 1984. But the point is that that study, as well-intentioned as it was, was received as being so accusatory that it put the whole patient safety movement or it gave the whole patient safety movement a rather negative flavor in the mouths of most physicians. And it has taken some time to work through the resentment, I think, of the accusation that physicians would have any other interest than ideal patient outcomes to see that when we put the shame and blame issues aside, that we all, every single person, has an interest in improving the outcomes in in the medical care system. And to do this, we have to bring together all of the resources of the healthcare system that doctors can't do it alone. Well, I would like to thank Dr. Richard Anderson, the CEO of The Doctor's Company, the nation's largest malpractice carrier, who has been our guest today on Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library in on-demand podcasts. And I want to thank you today for listening.